Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what steps they took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the episodes and the show notes all in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Want to connect on Twitter? You can find me there at Cheryl Tan. As always, I thank those of you who choose to subscribe to the Stand Out with Cheryl Tan podcast on iTunes. I also so appreciate the five-star reviews. Reviews go a long way to letting more people know about the show. On to today's guest. Jessica Rhodes is always listening. She started her entrepreneurial journey as a virtual assistant and simply by listening to what her clients were asking for, created a way to increase their visibility and give them more opportunities for success. She is the founder and CEO of Interview Connections, which is a highly focused service that books guests for podcasts. Here's our chat. It is so nice to have you on the show. Jessica Rhodes, welcome to the program. Shell, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me on. And the more I learn about your story, the more fascinated I am by it. You are the founder and CEO of Interview Connections, the premier source for booking outstanding podcast guests, among other things. I think you wear quite a few hats as an entrepreneur. So talk to us a little bit about your business and how you got where you are. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you for asking. I was super excited to connect with you because we're both doing work in media in some different ways. And I started my business because I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I was pregnant, working a full-time job, and I, I wanted to be at home. And I didn't know how I was going to have that income from home. My dad is actually a business coach. And he said, just start a virtual assistant business, you know, just get started online. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I have no idea how to do that. And so he kind of took me under his wing. I became a virtual assistant and I, he was my first client. One of the things that I was doing, he said, I'll take you, you know, I'll hire you, but I'm only going to keep you on if you're providing value and you're doing a good job. So good, <laughs> good news. I did a good job. And I, he said, listen, I get interviewed on podcasts and internet radio shows. It's a great way for me to get in front of great audiences and build my business. So why don't you take over that task? Why don't you get me booked for interviews? That was his direction. So I thought, okay, you know, go Google interviews, internet radio shows, podcast business. And I just dove into this world of online content, audio content, online, you know, online marketing and all this stuff. And I just started pitching him as a guest and writing out his bio and his story and telling podcasters, here's why he would be a great guest for your show. And I started getting bookings and it was the most exciting thing when podcasters were like, yeah, I'd love to interview him. And I'm like, it was like every time it came in, ding, 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 I got another interview for him. And you know, it was going well. And he started telling me about, he started telling some of his friends about me and I got some more clients and it was around May, um, three months after my son was born, things were going well, but you know, that savings account is dwindling and those startup, you know, first couple months and really year. And I thought I want to grow my business. I don't just want to be selling. Okay. I'll work for you 12 hours a month and you'll pay me $300. Like I need to be really scaling up more. And so my dad asked me three questions. He said, well, what do you enjoy doing the most? I was doing a bunch of different things, social media management, client support, business, you know, podcasts. What do you enjoy doing the most? 
you know, what are your clients, like what's in highest demand and and what's the most profitable? And I thought, Hey, booking interviews is so fun because every time you get that interview, it's just fun. Everybody involved is excited about the interview. So that's great. It is profitable because I could scale it and, you know, charge a flat rate instead of just trading my hours. Cause nobody wants to pay for 12 hours and potentially not get any bookings. And so I decided to scale that and we decided to go ahead. I created interviewconnections.com. And today, less than three years later, I have a team of about uh, nine people and they're working with all of our clients, booking interviews. We're getting people booked as guests on podcasts. And we're also working with podcasters, finding interviewees for their show. And it's, it's kind of when I talk to people like, you know, people on the street say, what do you do? And you got to go through the whole, well, I'm a business owner. Oh, what kind of business? Yeah. <laughs> I, I typically call it a boutique PR agency, you know, just as a way to, cause people are like, what's a podcast? Do you book interviews? How do you make money doing that? And so, and I say that, but it's very niche. We only book podcast interviews. We're focused on getting you in front of your ideal target market, not necessarily only getting you on the biggest possible shows. So that's a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, you know, really, it is a great story. And it got even better when you brought your dad in there talking about him being your first client. So yeah. my background is in television news. And so I come at it from the other end. And yes, really, and that's why though, so excited to connect with you. It is. It's really exciting, too, because you are teaching your podcasters uh, sort of the same things that I talk to my clients about is pitching, although I know you do all the work for them. So way back in the beginning, uh, when you were working with your dad and working with some of his friends and people he knew booking those guests, what did you learn about pitching all kinds of podcasts and getting them in front of their target market? What did you learn back then? Well, what I learned is that podcaster, you have to answer a very specific question. You have to answer, why would my client be a good fit for your audience? You have to answer that question. That's what I trained my, my team on when I hire a new booking agent. I said, if you can't answer that question in your pitch, it's not a good show to pitch. So, and sometimes I'll even have them write. Be, and I'll say, I know that your listeners value fill in the blank. So my client would be a great guest to talk about X, Y, Z. When you're pitching a podcaster, you have to be really clear and connect the dots of how you as a guest or your client will provide value to their listeners. So that's why it's very important that you understand what their show is about and who their audience is. And the way you can do that quite simply is if you look on iTunes or their about section, it'll usually say this podcast is for, and it'll explain the type of person that it's for. And it'll say we interview, you know, and it'll explain the typical types of guests that they interview. And then you want to listen to a couple of their shows. And so I, I realized that while sometimes you can make a very quick pitch of here is, you know, a brief bio and let me know if you're interested. Lots of podcasters are going to say, Hey, yes, I would say most of the time you're going to be successful with those bigger shows, the better shows. If you can really personalize the pitch, I think one of the differences, Cheryl, um, that I hope you agree with me on, but from traditional media where you're going to send, um, you know, a press release, mm -hmm. um, a speaker kit, you're getting in front of bigger networks and organizations. Um, you can send that press kit and that speaker kit to these bigger networks and organizations, and they're going to evaluate all the potential, you know, experts, but a podcaster wants a very personalized pitch. It's a different environment because 
Well, I'm here on your show, Cheryl Tan's show, and Cheryl is the host. If you're going to go on a traditional media show, the host is, you know, working for the network most likely. So when you pitch a podcaster, you can't treat them like a big traditional media outlet because it's their show. They own it. So they feel much more strongly and passionate about the content that they're putting Mm -hmm. out there because they're not an employee of a bigger network that has these big, you know, ratings goals and things like that. Does that make sense? Would you agree? It does. And I agree. I agree with you to a point. So I've worked in, well, and it's not even a correction. It's more of an addition actually, because, um, I worked, I've worked in in local news, TV news for 20 years and it's a relationship just Mm -hmm. as you are trying to create a relationship with any size podcast host. Like whether you have a big podcast or a little podcast or a new one or one that's established, you're creating a relationship. And so I do talk with my clients about creating a relationship with the reporter or the anchor. And so there's not a barrier, although there may seem like there is. If you can show the reporter, the anchor, producer, editor, that there is value in their audience, whether you anchor the six o'clock news or you report on the 11 p.m. news, if you can show them the value to their audience, and their audience is bigger and their audience is more wide ranging, then you have a better chance for success. So yes, same concept, but I'm trying to break down that barrier because there really isn't. <laughs> They're people. Yeah, you're right about that, and and I appreciate you for bringing that up because um I'm remembering I interviewed um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Josh Elledge. He's also uh, in traditional media and helps mm-hmm. folks with this, and and I remember him giving some tips to my listeners when I interviewed him about uh you know yeah connecting and building relationships because now that I'm thinking about it, it's interesting how uh, traditional news outlets each reporter and anchor is going to have their own following and their own kind of niche that they are kind of known for. And so, and it's, yeah. And so it's the same thing then with podcasts. You want to know what that podcaster, what kind of stories and content that they want to share with their audience and really make sure that they see that you're a guest who's going to deliver that content and that value to their audience. Exactly. Exactly. And honestly, some reporters and anchors, they have the choice to fight. They can fight for a story and it happens all the time. If they get a story idea that lands in their inbox or a phone call that really resonates with them, they can say, all right, boss, I really want to do this story. I really feel it. And if you can relay that to somebody, then you can get that reporter, anchor, producer to fight for you, which is kind of a nice feeling. Definitely. So I want to go back to when you realized that, okay, I'm doing, Jessica, self, I'm doing a really good job at what I'm doing, but it's not, it's it's not easily scalable. Like how did you figure out how you would scale that portion and turn it into what you have turned it into, which I think is fascinating. It's totally fascinating, fascinating. The uh, process of scaling was one of the hardest and biggest challenges that that I experienced because it what was really challenging is I knew for my business I had to get to a point where I could you know guarantee a certain number of bookings per month right uh, because in my first business when I was a virtual assistant and I would you know sell I will do this many hours of work for you you know, people, they want virtual assistants. They want to be able to say, okay, do this, do this, do this. But at the end of the day with interview bookings, they could say, well, I could pay you for 20 hours of pitching, but if it doesn't result in any interviews, I just paid for 20 hours of nothing. (laughs) So I knew I had to get to a point where I could guarantee the bookings. And that was really nerve wracking because 
it's just scary to guarantee something and just not know. And so I had to, you know, scale it by growing a team. And so I have always coached with my dad, but he, a good friend of his is somebody I also coached with, um, at the time, Melanie Benson Strick, and she's fabulous. I'm sure you'd love her. She has a course called build your dream team. And I took that course with her and she gave me some amazing coaching around how to build a team. Because if you want to scale service-based business, you, you have to build a team. I mean, that's, that's it. If you don't build a team, you, um, and, and of course there's like products and coaching programs. I wasn't getting into coaching, but for my business model, I knew that I had to have a team. I have, I had one baby at the time. Now I have two. I still really want to keep my lifestyle of not working, you know, 60 hours a week, right. but being able to go home for lunch and things like that. So I knew that I had to have a team. And, um, if I was going to be able to take all these clients that were knocking down my door, I don't make it sound like that, but you know, <laughs> if you're good, it was, there was a point where the demand was increasing and there were clients coming to me and I was scared to take them on. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, if I take on this client, that's great. It's a new client, but that means I've got five more hours of work to do this week. Right. And you know, and, and it's like, I was still a stay at home mom. So, right. um, it was scary, but I just had to put the cart before the horse. You know, I just had to make that first hire and, and take that risk, roll the dice and just roll with it. And like, there's this graphic online, like entrepreneurship, it's jumping off a cliff and building your parachute on the way down. <laughs> and so I just jumped off the cliff and, and I, and I haven't looked back. Love it. I absolutely love that. So you do have a guarantee, which I think is bold definitely bold. And so that means that you probably have to have some systems in place. Your team has to yeah. be on board. There has to be, um, and it's not magic. It just is work, right. right? So you do guarantee certain things to people who sign up. What is that guarantee? And how hard has that been to meet yes. that demand? Yeah. Yes. So we actually, with our guest experts, when we take clients on to get them booked on other shows as a guest, as an interviewee, we slow down the sale and we have them apply to be a client because we feel confident in guaranteeing interviews if we have a chance to review them and make sure that they are hitting all those points. Like, do you, you have a good media presence online? Do you have a good social media presence? Um, do you have great content? Are you blogging and creating content? Um, are you a good speaker? Can I hear you on a podcast and hear that you can put a sentence together without saying, um, a thousand times. Like, so <laughs> we will review clients before, and that allows us to confidently make that guarantee. We have had people apply that want to be a guest expert. We've had a couple people that really want to be a guest and we don't feel like we can guarantee them. So we've had to turn them away and say, maybe, you know, maybe in a couple months we've said, Hey, here are some, just recently we had a client sign up that three months ago, they came to us and they weren't quite ready. We said, okay, here, we gave them some homework. I said, if you, you know, put together a website with these elements and do this and do that. And they came back and like, I did everything you told me. Are you, am I ready now? <laughs> and we've had people that I say, go get interviewed, get yourself booked, get in the trenches, get interviewed, get some practice. And then, then once you go through all that, you'll be ready for, because when, when people work with us, we're going to turn on the heat. You're going to be interviewed once a week. And that's a lot for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So we want people to be ready for that. So we have people apply and, and that has really helped the guarantee. 
So you have this really unique view. You're a podcaster, so you have your own podcast. It yeah. is the Roads to Success podcast. I love that, by right. the way. I mean, it, the Thank play you. on your last name. And then yeah. you have a TV show uh, online as well. Yes. And then you see podcasters as well as then talk with podcast hosts. Mm-hmm. So you really, you are in a unique position to learn about the industry and kind of see what's working and what's not. Um what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes that people make before they come to you and, mm-hmm. and they're just like, I, I, it's not working. It, it, this does not, this whole podcasting thing doesn't work. What mistakes are they making? They're expecting it to be a very quick fix. Mm-hmm. They want to go on a podcast and they want to see things change overnight. And, and, and that's just it. The, I mean, the biggest mistake is just not looking at this correctly. The mindset of that. Yeah. If you're going to get into podcasting, if you're going to start a podcast show, or you're going to be interviewed and you want it to grow your business, you need to commit to it and you need to stick to it. And I was just interviewed a couple hours ago on a blab show and, you know, talking about the, how to be a better interviewer. And I said, we can give all the hacks in the world, but you can't implement everything and be good on day one. You, it takes practice. You have to be interviewed a lot. You have to do a lot of your own shows, listen back to yourself, improve. And and in time you will get better. And so it does just take commitment and practice and, and know that it is a long-term gain. I have some people that say, well, I just want to do a trial month and see if it works. Well, you're not going to see any results after the first month, because first of all, it takes time to schedule the interviews. It takes time to record the interviews. It takes time for people to listen. Unlike a live interview on the today show where you're going to get millions of people watching you at that moment, a podcast, like a couple, you know, people are going to listen on day one. They're going to download it. They listen to all their shows on Friday. They'll listen to all their shows, you know, and so it takes time. And so you have to be committed to it for the long term. So I just left um, a local university here, Old Dominion University, and I met with some new business owners and they're just starting their companies and they're super excited. And so I was one of the mentors or four others. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them had issues with marketing, with promoting their businesses. And so mm-hmm. some of them were like, I've heard about this podcasting thing. What do you think of that, about it? And I, you know, I love podcasting. I think it's a mm-hmm. great way to get your message out there. I don't recommend it, of course, for everybody to create sure. their own podcast. But I do think that for any business owner, it's a real opportunity if you can become a guest, which is then where you step in. Yes. So what kinds of of positive things have you seen from people who you've been able to place on shows they would never have heard about any other way? What kinds of success mm-hmm. stories have you seen? Well, first, I just want to say that um, I wanted to add a little uh, an addition to the last point because you talked about you know marketing. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important for business owners to be content marketing and to produce, put content out there and know what your message is because you know, we start a business, we have a product or service that we're selling, and then we want to get on podcasts and be interviewed. And there's this disconnect because most media outlets, and I say that across podcasts, new me- everything, they want to interview you about information and value and content. It's not just, hey, what's your business? And so I think it's very important for business owners to just really focus on getting a lot of value and content out there, be it 
blogs, videos on YouTube, um, getting interviewed, doing your own podcast, sending a newsletter, like get content out there because I see a very cool thing happening for me recently is I've been getting interviewed a ton, been podcasting for a while, and I'm having people come to me and say, wow, you're making like who inter- uh, introduced us, uh, Dennis Brown. Mm-hmm. And yes. he said, you know, Jessica's making quite a splash. And, and I thought that was so interesting because, and I kind of chuckled at it and was like, this is great. Cause he's like, she's making quite a splash recently. Well, I've been doing this for a couple of years, but it's because I've been doing all this marketing and getting it out there on social media, that people are just starting to notice it. So you have to do a lot of marketing and get content out there, get information out there, um, on your topic. And now I'm forgetting your next question because I wanted to, <laughs> That was a good uh, way, though, a good way out, because I, I totally agree with you <laughs> when you say that. When when people ask me, they're like, well, what's the point of all this? And to me, mm-hmm. the point is you want people to say, I see you everywhere. And yes. you know, it could be like, oh, I see you everywhere. But I mean, it really is. I see you yeah. everywhere. And so that's what yeah. he was saying about you right. is I see you everywhere. <laughs> good job. So uh, what was my question? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm like, I have to say something. <laughs> Like you're raising your hand. My oh, my question oh was right. Uh, the benefit of being a podcast mm-hmm. guest yes. and some of the success stories that you've been able to see, placing someone on a show they would not have known about otherwise. Yes. Okay. So I I love this question because it's something that people don't always suspect the answer is that um, you will. There is a good chance. So that if you're on the right show, you're that, that host might become a client of yours. And this is the thing I say, because this is why it's more about the type of show and the host. And because the relationship you're building with that person. And so I'm not saying that in a weird way, like you might become my client share all that. (laughs) I realized I said that I'm like, that might sound weird, but I might be able to book some of my clients on your podcast, which would be such a win-win situation situation. So I'm not concerned about, Oh, I, Cheryl, I need to be in front of all of your listeners. You know, you don't want to use the host as a, as a way to get in front of their audience. You want to focus on building a relationship with that host and seeing how you can provide value from them. Uh, my dad, who I mentioned, I have a really cool story about how he's used podcast interviews very well. Um, one specific story is we booked, um, a woman named Lindsay Anderson on his podcast and he interviewed her and everything and they connected and they had a great interview and, and he was talking to her and he says, and he does a live event called dream business Academy. And it was like three weeks before his event. And he goes, listen, I I, I really could help you. He's a business coach. He goes, I know that I could really help you. I, I would love for you to come to my event. She took action. She got on a plane a couple weeks later, wow. came to his event and became, and became a coaching client of his. Oh, um, I know. Amazing. Uh, right. Great. It was like the two, like two people connected at the right time. They were a good match. She's a great coaching client of his and, and he's using her services in other ways. And it was the magic of just being on a podcast interview. So nobody could have listened to that interview. I'm sure lots of people have, but the magic and the results came from just those two people connecting for a conversation. I always used to say that, I mean, being on this side of the microphone is really the the best place because you can really ask anything. Yes. <laughs> this is yes. like my private coaching call with you. And it's yes. a way that I can and ask I you anything so much from you about traditional media. Like yeah. you've schooled me on a lot today and I'm mm-hmm. so thankful for it. <laughs> 
thank you for your time for sure. Cause I learned quite a bit about your business and how you've been able to grow that. So, um, I wanted to ask about habits. Uh, I know you're busy. You have three kids. I have two, two kids. Okay. Two kids and a, a busy life and a lot of balls in the air. And so I've been asking entrepreneurs who come on my show about some of the things that they do that keep them on track, that help them handle life at home and then growing the business and scaling it. So what are some of the habits that you, you adopt daily, monthly, weekly, something that you do regularly to keep you on track? Well, I, I, I block my time as much as possible. I rent an office outside of my home, whereas I used to be a work at home mom. And it was, it was really nice while it was nice, <laughs> right? So it was really nice while it was nice because I was able, I liked that I was able to do a little bit of work and then pop out and, and be with my son and just kind of, I realized I got to a point, especially when my second baby was born, that's where I made the transition is that I need some separation. I need to be at my office and be super focused and work and then go home. And so that's really helped because it has allowed me to be uber productive in the times that I'm working. Mm -hmm. Um, I share a Google calendar, just like a specific hack. I, my husband and I share our Google calendars with each other and, and there's just a lot of community communication around when I'm at the office, when, who's with the kids and when, gosh, things change when, the, when you have more than one kid, right? Cheryl, like all of a sudden yeah. there's two kids to watch who's napping. When does Lucy need a bottle? Like all this stuff. So there's a lot of communication. So Google calendar sharing with your spouse is, uh, my big recommendation because as my husband says, if it's not in writing, it doesn't exist. So I have Agreed. to email him and <laughs> invite him to an event. Like I'll get, you know, Jamie traveling to New Hampshire invited on. So I'll have it on my calendar. And that's <laughs> really what keeps me on track. <laughs> I love that. So what is next for you and the growth of your company? Well, I think 2016 is going to be a really exciting year. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow morning, I'm actually flying to Tampa, bringing the whole family. Um, I'm exhibiting at PodFest, cool. nice. which is a podcasting conference. And it's the first time I'm exhibiting. I've attended a lot of conference and I'm, I'm making that leap to actually have um, a table, a booth and and um, be speaking uh, as a sponsor. And so uh, uh, that's what's next in the immediate future, but just really exciting things. I'm getting more, getting myself more out there as a speaker. I had a really exciting phone call today with somebody who's talking with me about bringing me in to be a speaker at their conference. So just really continuing to build the business and get me out there now that I've had my second child, she's six months old. I'm feeling like, okay, I can get myself out there more because through being pregnant with her, you kind of have to hibernate and, and yeah. uh, take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit. But I'm an entrepreneur. Um, like I like to move fast. So now I feel like I'm um, going to be able to get out there a lot more. I can see. And it started, as you said, it started years ago with even through your pregnancies, you're working on right. content, you're working on building relationships, you're creating the shows that you have. And so now you're at the chance where or, uh, you're at the, the place where you can scale up and do a little more traveling yeah. and maybe take them with you. Phenomenal. So, right. Exactly. Yeah. I haven't been on the road in about a year, but I'm excited to get back out there. <laughs> Before we go, I had one last question, which was, or which is what makes you a standout? What makes me a standout? I, I am, what makes me a standout is I am hungry. I, 
I am hungry for success. I'm hungry to grow my business. Um, I'm a visionary. That's one of my, I don't know if you know that the strengths finders 2.0 book, but one of my, most of my strengths is uh, futuristic and I am so hungry for the future. Um, um, and so that's, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You know me, I could probably babble on for a while, but I, I am hungry and very determined. <laughs> We are going to link all of your information and your website and where people can reach you and learn more about your businesses at our website, CherylTanMedia.com. Jessica Rhodes, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out. I hope you enjoyed Jessica's story and hearing about the steps she took to get where she is right now. I will link you to Jessica's podcast, web show, and her interview connections website at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 10. Interested in other episodes of the Standout Podcast? They're all together in one place at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. If you'd like to be reminded when new Standout episodes come out, you can sign up for my newsletter at CherylTanMedia.com. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.